Hello and welcome to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we will be talking about the fourth episode of Riverdale Season 3. Already getting to the fourth episode. We had a little bit of a break last week for Halloween. I guess there wasn't an episode. I had planned for it, so we forgot to warn everyone. But we're jumping right into the Midnight Club. I'm Mary Kukowski, as usual, and I'm joined by Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing after our week away? I mean, I missed you terribly, and I'm sure that so many people were just wondering where we were, Uh, but as it is now November, uh, it's the dead of winter here, so I'm just cold and I need more stuff to do that keeps me inside, so this is perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I was really bummed to find out that this episode wasn't happening last week. I was all geared up and ready, and it wasn't until you texted me saying, hey, by the way, there was no Riverdale, that I realized that. Because I normally watch on Thursday, so I was busy for Halloween and didn't really factor that in. Also because the other show that I'm watching right now, Survivor, was on on Halloween. So a little bit of a disappointment, but we're here now, and everyone can use a break, so it's okay. I was upset about the break. I was actually going to watch on Halloween, and then there was no episode. And I was like, um, Kibble, what am I going to do tonight? Because I was planning on watching Riverdale. <laughs> you didn't have any other Halloween plans? I, like, Wednesday is a school night, okay? And I know I'm not, like, technically a student, but I get so tired, and I just, I don't like to do stuff on a weeknight. <laughs> I can understand that. Kind of. I I did have stuff planned, but I did not feel like doing Halloween this year, so I deliberately planned to go to a concert on Halloween so that I didn't have to come up with a costume or anything, and I completely didn't even think about whether or not kids would come trick-or-treating or something. Luckily, they didn't, because... I would not have had anything prepared for them. Yeah, I don't really do Halloween. Like, I love spooky stuff, but I've never had a good Halloween, so I just kind of don't do it anymore. But it's fine. I it was It's fun when you're a little kid, and it's fun in college, and then there comes a time where, unless you have something planned with friends, or you go to a Halloween party, or you have kids of your own, sort of an awkward middle stage where, I don't know, it's not like I feel too old for it, I just don't want to go through the effort that you know what it's totally fair what what was the costume you wore the most as a kid did you have like a repeat costume I was I have like a pirate costume it's not it's not official pirate costume but if you wear black leggings black boots and a long white shirt and then put a belt on and a hat you basically look like a pirate so that was kind of my go-to last minute costume that I wore a lot I was also probably a princess a lot when I was younger um I don't know. I, I I used to be really into Halloween where I would make new costumes every year, but I, I, I feel like if I don't have the time to go all out, there's no purpose, so I'm just not going to bother. See, meanwhile, I was McDonald's french fries per, for probably eight consecutive years as a child, so... Well, the thing is, it's like, it's one thing if you have one day a year to dress up and do something. But all mm-hmm. through high school and even growing up, we had spirit days just constantly in high school. So we were yep. constantly making costumes. And then in college, since I was in a sorority, we constantly had like date parties or different events where you had to make different costumes. So like, I was popcorn one year, They're just different things for different events. And it wasn't as special anymore. Yeah, that's way too much. So anyway, speaking of costumes, we saw the cast of Riverdale dressed (laughs) so different this week. (laughs) 
Well, there were, okay, there were different things, because there's both them dressing up like their parents, and then there's the costumes they wore in the game of G&G, which, look, blanket statement, I'm putting this out there right now, we Mm -hmm. probably talked about this last week, but I don't care how magical or mystical this game is, no high school students, like, you can't survey a group of high school students and have everyone want to play this role-playing game. It's not a thing. It doesn't matter if it helps you escape. That's what TV's for. It, it, it's <laughs> not. What. It's not accurate. So I'm. I'm assuming it's really magical and it draws you in somehow. Well, it has to be. And also, like, I know last time I was like a little bit mean about role-playing games. Whatever. <laughs> I don't think. That generally speaking, these board game type role play games involve actual costumes. Well, that's that's the tricky part about this game is that we see two, one of two things: we see them like rolling dice and just being like, "Oh, there's a fallen log. Do you want to hop over it or go around it?" Like that's one thing. Which, by the way, that little anecdote I pulled directly from a role playing board game that I played a couple days ago. So oh, okay, I'm diving in, but. You either have that, where they're sitting around and literally mm-hmm. just playing around a board, or they're just running through the halls, going crazy, wearing crowns and and doing night drugs. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to the <laughs> we'll get to the drugs, but but it's like that that part of the game, quote unquote game. They're not doing anything. They're just running around the halls. They're, that's not actually any part of the game. So I don't understand how it sort of takes over your life beyond just the board game aspect. They're just getting really into dress up. Honestly, it's just too much, and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, much like almost everything else that happens on this show. But, I, like, I was watching it today with a friend, which I normally do not do, and I was like, why is this show so bad? Because I normally, like, can't decide if I think it's good or bad. <laughs> but this week I was like, this show is legitimately bad right now. And she turned to me and she said, but isn't it the best, though? Yes, and I was like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So talking about how bad it is, let's first, before we dive into what happened in the episode, let's go through the, I, I didn't know how to break this up if it, if it was talking about the actors or we're just going to talk about the teenage normal characters playing their respective parents. Let's talk about how they did in terms of acting different than their normal character. So for example, Cole Sprouse slash Jughead how was his acting different as FP than it is as Jughead? Like, did you enjoy that? Did you think he did a good job? Or was it just Jughead wearing a different outfit? I, it was just so weird to me. Because, like, I think he did a good job of being, like, that surly dude. That, But that's, I mean, how Jughead is, too. But then it's, like... Because this is FP not as we know him. It's like before he turned into that. So I don't even know That's the what I expected. Part. Yeah, a lot of these characters, and you sort of get this at the very end of the episode when they talk about how they went their separate ways, almost all of them changed personality. So this is like a weird... Like, yeah, this is a weird snapshot of the parents when they were kids before they became like they are as parents. So some things I noted, uh, I think Jughead... Cole Sprouse, whatever, did a good job looking different than Jughead, but he still looked like Cole Sprouse. That was the that was the part that was a little confusing. Well, yeah, like he only looked different from Jughead because he wasn't wearing the hat and he was wearing the <laughs> Letterman jacket instead of a leather jacket or a wife beater slash tank top. Yeah. So 
he had a couple mannerisms that were good that were very Skeet Ulrich. I like when he was. Wait, he did can this... we just can we take a second to talk sure. about the fact that Skeet Ulrich just he wanted his name to be Skeet. He literally chose that as a name. Can we, like, I think it's great. I love that. I love that his name is Skeet. I like to say oh my it. God. Yeah, uh, I like. I like uh, his Instagram is pretty fun too. It's anyway. Sorry, I just we had. It's never been addressed to me. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't talked about it because I've been mostly referring to him as FP or one half of Phallus, the one true pairing. I so get away from me. <laughs> I have so. to leave. So he did – one thing that Cole Sprouse did that I liked was he would run – he sort of run his ran his finger across his eyebrow, mm-hmm. which is a mannerism that Skeet Ulrich does as FP a lot. And so I, I enjoyed that he seemed to take the time to incorporate that. Other than that, he was just chewing gum the whole episode. I don't and know like, where that came from, but Trying okay. to smolder at people with his eyes, like, to be like, oh, yes, I am a sex symbol. And I was like, yeah. mm, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. I, I think the problem is that I was expecting him to be more serpent-y, which yeah, I, I guess was we, we got the backstory of why that wasn't the case, but still a little weird. Also, it was really sad at the end when he, like, takes off the Letterman jacket, puts on the serpent's jacket, and his dad just, like, hands him some liquor. And I was like, man, he had such a bright future. Why Why did it have to be this way? Because the game, the game is pure evil. That's why. So then we have the actress who plays Josie playing her mom, Sierra. I thought she was pretty much exactly the same <laughs> as being Josie. Yeah, I feel like the only difference is they showed her being more of like a political slash activist type person, which is really the only difference. But they didn't do it in any sort of like, meaningful way with how she was acting. They just had her writing, like, end apartheid on the mirror. Like, they didn't show it. They just told us. And it was weird when she mentioned the fact that she thought uh, being a mayor was a terrible job because they do list her as being the political animal, and I'm not sure what that refers to. Is she holding a school office? Is she saying, I want to be president? Like, wasn't quite sure... Maybe that she wants line. to work from outside of the establishment to make a change. Like, maybe she thinks that politicians are corrupt. Well, I could she see became it. a relatively yeah. corrupt politician. So Guess what? You're a corrupt politician and one of two people who are able to do anything in this town. Uh, Lily Reinhardt playing Alice. Uh, mostly she just acted angry. I think that was fine. I actually really, really enjoyed the last scene when she turns into more of the Alice that we know today. I thought that was, well, I guess that's because I was expecting that to be what Alice was. We know that Alice has this Southside Serpent past, but I didn't think that it was, it was like we were just watching Dark Betty to some extent. Well, and I just loved that her hair was down. Yes. And I like when Alice starts telling the story because, of course, they structure it as, like, she's telling Betty, which, whatever. And she's like, yeah, I I have anger issues and enviable hair. And I was like, man, she does have enviable hair. She does. Wow. She has great hair. <laughs> she has great hair. It's a little bizarre that from the looks of it, well, it, it, we sort of get this cross of she's the South Side Serpent when FP wasn't, I think that's because you assume that they had gotten together because they were both serpents at the time, and they sort of switched places, and they were together at this weird stage when they weren't really in the same place. So, yeah, interesting. It's 
it's a little weird. And side note, if I ever do Halloween again, I'm dressing up as Betty as Alice. <laughs> you could pull it off. You definitely could. I think that would be that would be a good look. Archie playing or KJ Appa playing Fred. Can we talk about this brown hair? I love the brown hair. No, it was horrible. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was good because the red hair is so bad. I thought the brown hair was good, but I thought he also just literally acted exactly like Archie. Well, and I also feel like they took a lot of the parent personalities and tried to mold them to be more like the kids, which yeah. did not do any favors to this episode because it was like, okay, well, I don't like I don't care. Like we have no history of like Fred being a musician. Like, wouldn't he be more understanding of Archie's weird music sports thing yeah, if he we, had done the same thing? I think we got one mention of that way back in season one where he said, oh, I had a band. It was called the Fredheads. And that at that time, a lot of the viewers of the show were kind of thinking, why was he so not understanding of Archie's music thing? But I think the end of this episode where his father dies really shows that connection there of, he was like Archie, and then he became an adult and realized that's not the future. And so he does in some, you know, he wants his son to take over for him. And I think you get you get a little bit of insight into why Fred is the way he is, but performance-wise, exactly the same that as Archie. Was, honestly, it was worse. Like, it was <laughs> very possible. It was like Archie, except for less likable and more of a nerd. Yes, yes. And, like, no, no offense to nerds everywhere. I'm a nerd, too. But it was just bad. Ugh. Madeline Pesh did pretty good. I, I enjoyed her playing Penelope. She wasn't as sassy, obviously, as mm-hmm. Cheryl is. But, and I think the, she had the one of the most dramatic look changes. I guess you could argue Betty was the other one. Yeah, so. and Betty's wasn't even that dramatic, right? I feel like, uh... There's nothing quite so triggering as seeing the fake braces with, like, the lip injections. It was just (laughs) such a weird – like, you would never see that together. And it was bizarre to me. It was a little bizarre. I like the fact that we got a lot of the background of Penelope that I wasn't expecting from this episode. Yeah, horrifying background. Yes, we'll we'll dive deeper into that. It was so much, but she did she did a good job. I like seeing her with the glasses yeah. and just the, like everyone wearing glasses. So yeah, Veronica um, or Hermione, Mendes, excuse yeah, me, playing playing Hermione <laughs> with those glasses. Also, she was another one where I wasn't quite sure. We don't have any background of that, but I I think the point was she was just trying to escape her lower class lifestyle and become more. I don't know, I guess become richer was pretty much the, the main thing that she was seeking uh, by marrying Hiram. Honestly, uh, she's a relatable queen, and I stand a legend who achieves her, her goals, so. <laughs> kind of sad that she doesn't seem to ditch her family for that, but. Yeah, I wonder if she ever, like, helped out her mom. Let's hope. Kevin playing his dad. Casey Cott playing, playing Tom. I didn't even know that was his name. <laughs> Oh, is his name Tom? Okay. Apparently it's Tom Keller. <laughs> um, I was not ready to see him in this episode. I don't know why, but I just wasn't expecting him to be part of it. And I was, I just wasn't expecting to see Kevin kiss a girl ever in this show. Well, 
So surprisingly with him, I think even though he had such a small part, and even though he looked almost exactly the same with a slightly different hairdo, his hair going up a little more like his Mm -hmm. dad does, I think he did one of the better jobs of seeming like he was just acting normally and not seeming so forced like I am playing a character who's different than my other character. Yeah, it turns out he might be one of the better actors in this show. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me that much, actually. Uh, young Hiram, what'd you think of him? I feel, I was expecting him to be in this episode a lot more. Yeah, so, we got very little from him. Because that's his actual son. Oh, is who it? Who played him, yeah. Who, oh. That's, um, Mark Consuela and Kelly Ripa's son played I was wondering dad. why he looked exactly like Mark Consuela's. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how they did that. Yeah, so it's his actual son, and, it, like, I'm sure he spent his whole life watching his dad's mannerisms, right? So, like... He did a good job, but I was really, like, I feel like I saw a lot of stuff on, like, Entertainment Tonight of, like, talking about him having this role, and then I was like, oh, he was barely in it. Yeah. There were, I I mostly was excited to see the look of him, and I hope they find a way to use more of that actor for things, whether it just be individual Hiram flashbacks or photographs or something, I... I'm really curious in Hiram's background. Um, mostly we got a little bit of how he's kind of was corrupt to begin with and a criminal and all that. Yeah, and uh, I I definitely agree. I want to see more. I feel like he did a really good job. And that's – because that's too – I saw um, Kelly Ripa is also, I think, coming in for a guest starring role at some point this season Ooh, or next season. Fun. So, yeah, family affair. And then we had a smattering of other people, mostly, I'm barely going to talk about them because Dilton Doily playing, I'm assuming his dad didn't even catch his name, and- I literally didn't even notice that he was there. (laughs) Yeah. And Reggie Mantle playing question mark other Mantle, I just reference him in here as Mantle, they uh, played themselves, so it doesn't really matter, in my opinion. And then, were you excited to see- Jason Blossom back again, still with no lines, but him playing Clifford Blossom at the end of the episode, he looks nothing like the actor who was playing Clifford, but it's just funny that he was there. So, I'm here to tell you that nothing has horrified me more than (laughs) everything we learned about the Blossom family in this episode, and to see whoever that actor is be back again is just... I wasn't ready for it. I never will be ready for it. And I never want to see him again because it's always horrifying when he shows up. I just want, when we get to whatever season is the last season of Riverdale, I want him to come on, pop up at the end, and have one line. It's going to be like flash forward to Polly's baby boy, and he's going to be grown up, and he's going to look exactly like Jason, and he's finally going to have a line, and it's going to be hilarious. I just, no, it's so, it's so scary. Like, should they kill Polly's baby boy so that this doesn't happen? Like, I'm not normally a fan of infanticide, but... Uh. Uh, well, now that we know more about the Blossom family, maybe. Ugh, so gross. So, diving into the episode, we got some Jughead voiceover, and I was actually a little surprised, because I was half expecting it to be Alice voiceover from the beginning, or something. But we get, we get a little bit of Jughead just clearing up what happened at the end of the last episode. Basically, yup, everybody playing G&G, and that's how it is. The uh, The adults are trying to stop them, and Mayor Hermione wants to confiscate it and ban the game, but it's not working. 
Yeah, I was sitting there like, what are they doing? You can't tell kids that something's banned. And then literally the next scene is Veronica being like, come on, mom. Don't you know you're just making it more exciting? I was like, okay, cool. So I don't, I don't cross that note off. Cool. Um, I like, I don't under, I genuinely don't understand. There has to be some sort of supernatural element to this game because how are there so many copies of it? Where's everything coming from? Why, why is this a thing? Why do perfectly normal people want to play this weird fantasy game? Why does no everybody want to play this role-playing game? Like, I get that that's whatever. Some people are into that. Some people enjoy that. Even a lot of people enjoy that. But everyone in high school, like, I feel like people in high school are so worried about being cool that even if they really wanted to play, they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, never mind. Yeah, you would think so, but maybe it's just because it is now the cool thing to do that everyone's playing it. Well, yeah, now that it's banned. Yeah. <laughs> so the coroner calls Betty and basically says, hey, remember that hint I gave you last episode, that foreshadowing where I said this looks familiar? I'm not sure how he knows because I'm guessing he was a child at the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, basically she finds out someone her mom's age or someone during the time her mom was a kid died of the blue lips and that's when we dive right into the story the blue lips <laughs> yeah it's really it's really great and so hermione or not hermione um alice starts telling the story and pretty much the beginning <laughs> is her finding out that she's pregnant didn't know we were going straight to that but yeah, I'm okay with it. Well, and I like I feel like I just don't remember that much of the early seasons of Riverdale, but like so she left high school for a while to go have a baby and then came back or she dropped out. Like what's the time frame here? Also, are the parents also supposed to be 15 at this point or are they older? Yeah, they're supposed to be juniors also. Or okay. so I guess that could be like 16 maybe. We're not really sure what time of year this was supposedly happening in, but mm-hmm. 16, 17, 15, not sure. Thing is, first off, it's weird that all of the parents are either the exact same age and then they have kids that are all exactly the same age mm-hmm. or they're maybe, you know, at most 1 to 2 years apart. They made it seem like they were the same age. Yeah, they made them all seem the same age. So I guess all of these people were born in the same year, and then they all had children in the same year. And it leads me to wonder, were their parents also all the same age? Like, is it a thing? Does everyone just, just, like, have kids at, like, 26 in Riverdale? Something like that, it sounds like. So, the yeah, the reason – this episode, unfortunately, it messed up a lot of the continuity timeline that we were sort of – given in the first two seasons because Mm -hmm. the some of the facts we knew about the parents were that fred and fp had a band and they appeared to be friends Mm -hmm. and then this episode really doesn't make it seem like they're friends they even deliberately have fred say that none of them know each other and aren't really good friends uh which makes it way weirder by the way that he was like oh yeah i'll go streaking with you why why do you want to streak with someone you barely know or at all because we needed a reason for them to get into tension. But, meh. We also know that Hermione Lodge and, uh, or what was her name? Hermione Gomez and uh, Fred had dated at some point before mm-hmm. he met Mary Andrews. Kind of sad that we didn't have a young Mary Andrews here. 
just to get that even like at the very end and it'd it be like and then fred started dating mary andrews that would have been kind of cool it's but it is nice to think that one of them didn't end up dating their future spouse in the 11th grade like maybe they waited until the 12th grade yes maybe <laughs> so but that's that's the one that was weird for me is that it seemed like when we heard about it in season one, like they had dated, like been a couple. Mm-hmm. And then from this episode, it was like, no, for a couple weeks, they kind of had a fling while she was also dating Hiram. So I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. It's like she exclusively wants to be with him when she is catting around behind Hiram's back. And and I'm not even sure how she was with Hiram, how they met. Yeah. It sounds like her parents didn't like it. I was thinking we were going to get like, oh, our parents set us up. Sounds like her parents weren't for it. She's, you know, I mean, look, the actress, she's beautiful, but I'm not sure why Hiram was dating her. Seemed random. Yeah, I I have no idea. It, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, also, side note. So um, we're, we're starting at the detention, right? Or do we have to talk about this fight in the bathroom? Do we care? Don't think we really care about the fight. They get in a fight. Everyone's there. Even the people who are not in the fight. Uh, make it to detention. Yeah, so everyone's in detention. And so this is obviously like a throwback to the Breakfast Club. And so the actor who is running the detention in this is actually one of the main cast members from the Breakfast Club. Ooh, who was he in Breakfast Club? He, I can't remember his name right now, of course, because I don't do research. But the little blonde um, boy who, so the like... the jock kid, or... N- not the jock, the the one who was in detention because he had a flare gun in his locker. Michael ah, C. Yes. I don't know. Anyways, I was watching Entertainment Tonight before Survivor yesterday, and so I got all this fun information, and I was like, I'm going to know facts. So, yeah. Yes, playing a principal... Feather or something? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever his name was. Featherweather. Featherweather, feather duster, something like that. Featherhead. Principal Featherhead. Of Great course. name. Not, as far as I can tell, not from the Archie comics, but it, maybe someone else can find whatever connection it, that it, name came it from. It sounds like the name someone would pick if they were actually just like two kids in a trench coat on each other's shoulders. It doesn't seem like a real name. Yeah, there's something about this show and like every character, especially random side characters, they need a name that's just two words. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, Featherhead, Sourberry. It's like someone was in the room and they were like writing the script with a quill as you do. And they were like, what do we name this character? And they looked and they're like, Feather. And they're like, oh, you have a head. Featherhead. Yes, cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the other timeline thing that doesn't really make sense, because we talked about this fight in the bathroom, is that Alice is pregnant with FP's baby, we presume. Mm-hmm. And from what we know of season two, yep. Alice gets pregnant, but it sounded like she was with Hal at the time. So this whole flashback episode of when they're playing G&G must have not lasted that long. And she must have somehow gotten with Hal and either they were just, either she made him think that it was his baby or he knew it wasn't his baby but didn't care. He wanted her to get an abortion. She doesn't get an abortion. So he instead somehow sends her to the... Uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy, probably, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing she went there. Um, has the baby, leaves it there, and then we know the story after that with Chick and Charles. Yeah, so either I, – I mean, they made it seem like it was a couple of weeks that they were playing the game. And then, like, immediately afterward – so I'm assuming she is like, okay, well, I'm, like, a month pregnant now. I need to make someone else think it's their baby. 
So then she like targets Hal because he's a big dumb idiot or whatever. And then she could just act like it's like a premature baby. I don't know. I guess. But see, that's the part that doesn't make sense is because you can't – I mean, you when you take a pregnancy test, you can't find that out that quickly. So it would probably already have been, you know, at least a month or so when yeah. she found out. So I, I don't know. She didn't look super pregnant, but, you know, when you're – when it's your first kid and you're that young, you probably aren't going to be looking pregnant until you're three months old anyway. Three, three months, months old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three months pregnant. Well, I'm, like, you don't gain that much weight in your first trimester, so. Yeah. So they're all – they're all in detention. Fred and FP are in detention because they were streaking, which I if, – if FP is really, like, big man on campus, which, by the way, when she says that he is the BMOC, mm-hmm. I had to look that up. And I, I've heard Big Man on campus before, but I did not think that. And my head was trying to somehow put, like, father of my child in there or baby, daddy, something. I That's what I assumed she was talking about. No, nope, just Big Man on campus. She fine. said BMOC, and all I could think of was BMC, as in Beast Mode Cowboy. Um, that's definitely what she meant. He's definitely the Beast Mode Cowboy. I was like, man, I'd really like to see Cole Sprouse in a cowboy hat because it'd be hilarious. <laughs> Oh, we'll see. Alice is obsessed with, you know, the the ladies' man, FP, who, mm-hmm. whatever. I, she I hated know. him, but she still wanted him. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, flash, the quick flashes we get to this conversation between Alice and Betty, and Betty's, like, just eating and seems disgusted with this. I wanted her to just outright say, Mom, ew, like, I'm dating Jughead. This is weird. Yeah, but at every moment when Betty was acting horrified, I was like, okay, she's me because I'm horrified. <laughs> yeah. She seems more horrified when she finds out that Alice kissed Fred later on. Yeah, which is weird because it's like, Betty, you made out with Archie. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. You're just like her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's Oh, my gosh. These people, they need to move away from this town. It's just weird. They really do. They got to get out. Yeah, so exactly like the uh, the the movie of which this name comes from, exactly like Best Breakfast Club, they have to write a thousand word essay uh, that they don't seem to do. We didn't even get a nice ending where they all became friends and wrote the essay. Seems like they just never did. I don't know. Whatever. And One, what are the consequences of not writing this? Like, who cares? Why? I, just, like, was yeah. Saturday detention ever actually a thing? I never went to detention ever, so I'm not I, like, the best person to speak to. Like, this. I feel there was detention in, like, elementary school, which would be, like, you miss recess or, like, you have to stay after school for, like, 15 minutes. But, like, no, at no point in my life have I ever encountered a weekend detention. And, like, even when I got to middle school, like, I moved to Alberta and there just wasn't detention at all anymore. Like, it's yeah. the Wild West, I guess. I did. I did have to sit out of recess once in kindergarten. Oh my god, what did you do? I, I, we were told not to talk, and I was making fun of a kid for coloring the grass on, like, we were coloring, and he was coloring the grass black, or, like, navy blue or something weird. I was like, why are you coloring it that color? I didn't realize he was colorblind, and then I got in trouble for that, and it was really sad. But then I found out that he was colorblind, and so I didn't pick on him anymore. And you hated yourself until now. I know. Plus, I... I'm a carrier of colorblindness, so, like, my kids have a really high chance of being colorblind also, so there's that. Oh, wow. And then they will feel how you made that poor kid feel. I know. I'm really, I'm really sad about this. Anyway, <laughs> so they, they're supposed to write this essay, but they don't 
Tom Keller, a.k.a. Kevin, comes in and gives Josie slash Sierra a big kiss and some food. Yeah, can we first, can we talk about how in detention they're not allowed to go to the bathroom or have anything to eat? Like, this has got to be illegal. Can someone please call Child Protective Services? I mean, it's one thing if it's, like, two hours, but this is an (laughs) all-day detention. Eight hours? What if we have to go to the bathroom? Well, also, you can hold it. Also, one of the rules was no talking, and... If you're in a room with the door open and the principal's just down the hall, they could definitely hear them talking. Not to mention the fact that Penelope shouts everything she says. So, well, I don't know how I they can't imagine that. that the principal or whatever is getting paid extra to be there. Um, Did you hear when he leaves the room? He says, "He says I'll be I'll be down the hall all day because I have nothing better to do." <laughs> it's really sad. I just kind of muttered it quietly. Well, he has nothing better to do, and I I really don't think he's getting paid for this. So do you really, like, do they care that much? I don't know, but I really, I thought that was hilarious. It's just really sad. Uh, so they, whatever, they decide to play Secrets and Sins. I don't even know if this is the same day. Honestly, I don't yeah. care. It blurred together. I was going to try to break this up, but they just play... They just go to detention, like, a million times. Yeah. No, it's the same day. And do you think that Secrets and Sins, that's just truth or dare, right? It's the same game that Cheryl wanted them to play back in the Jughead birthday party episode, which, this is not a game. Secrets and Sins, you just go around. It's like demanding people to tell truths. It's not a game, but whatever. So they play that, (laughs) and uh, Sierra and Tom are secretly dating uh, which is really sad, honestly, because when we found out that the mayor and Sheriff Keller were having an affair, I was kind of sad. Mostly I was sad because Kevin's mom is still in the picture and she's, mm-hmm. like, serving the country and all that. But this flashback did make me feel like I shipped them a little bit harder. I It definitely made me ship them a little bit, whereas I really wasn't sparing any thoughts for them before. And I'm kind of sad that we didn't get any of them... Like, we haven't had any of them recently, at least not in season three so far. We haven't had any any of the adults together because, you know, we haven't seen the adults at all, except for a couple of hot dad shots. Uh, we still have no idea what any of them are doing for jobs. Uh, yeah, none of them have a job, which could be the problem. I feel like the Mrs. Mayor, uh, which is what I will be calling her forever, I feel like she doesn't mess around with an unemployed man. She don't want no scrubs. Yeah, but she also, let's face it, she she may be a lawyer now, but she's just being a lawyer to every single kid in town. Like, she can't be getting that much money from them. Maybe helping Veronica, she gets a little bit, but what money do any of these other people have? I mean, I'm assuming that she probably still is, like, help, like she's helping big corporations like she was doing before. Like, I assume she's also being their lawyer. I don't know. And then this this is another thing, just, like, continuity things that bug me. So she knows about the Sisters of Quiet Mercy mm-hmm. because when Cheryl or Penelope, God, that's going to be an annoying. Yeah. When Penelope is talking about how, you know, tell her whole history, Sierra says, you know, that they they should be or they, they break all these rules and all this. If she knew that, why, when she became mayor, did she not shut them down? Would have saved a whole lot of heartache. Well, obviously she became a total sellout when she became a career politician, just as corrupt as the politicians that she lobbied against as a teen. And uh, the nuns probably paid her off. Or she was, you know, reasonably so afraid of the nuns. Nuns are terrifying. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're, They're the basis for most horror films that have come out recently. Nuns and clowns, that's about it. 
So Hermione, we kind of already talked about her. She's dating Hiram. We don't really know when her and Fred are ever a thing unless it's just this episode. There's that. Uh, now, here's Penelope. This is the one that is just insane. Okay. Okay. So she goes by Penelope Blossom right now, mm-hmm. which initially I didn't think about. But then I realized, oh, wait, she marries Clifford Blossom. So clearly they were related. And then we find out. They weren't really related because she was adopted from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, except she she was adopted and then told to be Clifford's sister, but like with the prospect of getting married, then if then if you yeah. if you know you're gonna make them get married, don't have them be like siblings publicly. That's weird. Well, and then it's just uh, we've always known that the Blossom family has some interesting, uh, ideas of how to live their lives. We know that Cheryl and Jason had, like, a weird vibe as well. And so then I'm like, okay, well, like, is Cheryl possibly not actually a Blossom? Well, yeah, see, we don't know. That That's really, really odd, we don't we don't know anything. I mean, there's clearly weird stuff going on because the Blossom family, like, red hair does not work that way. We've discussed this. But they all have red hair. But it's like one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, okay, good. Clifford and Penelope aren't actually related. Mm-hmm. But then why did their family want to make it seem like they were related? That That makes no sense. It's like, hey, you're not actually having incest, but we're going to pretend like you are. It's like... <laughs> The Blossom family, I guess, likes, I don't know, maybe, to me, I was like, okay, Blossom, it's like a flower, it's like petals, it's like petals in the attic or whatever, and I was like, Mm. okay, that's where it comes, that's how I put it together, it's some V.C. Andrews shit, and it is extremely troubling to me. So, it's really depressing. (laughs) You're Uh, like, okay, anyways, moving on. Yeah, well, I'm annoyed, because it makes you feel sorry for Penelope, except, it doesn't excuse all the horrible things she's done to Cheryl, you know, yeah, as but she's it, gotten older. Yeah, but it kind of explains maybe why she was like that, though. I mean, the most it could explain was that she was just so scared that she, you know, succumbed to this family and mm-hmm. then to Clifford and then, you know, became, I guess, just she was always living in fear. But none of that, none of that really explains anything. Yeah, but to me, I feel like... It kind of makes sense for, like, why Penelope would immediately turn to sex work when she needs to make money because she, like, doesn't know any other way. And then also, like, she definitely ended up brainwashed or something. Like, there's there's at least kind of an explanation for why she turned out to be such a horrible old bag. uh, And it's because of her incredibly traumatizing childhood and life. Well, but I don't know. Thing, She's horrible. Good thing that Cheryl is separating herself and seems to be going down a different path. There's well, that. We'll see. Yeah, we will. Uh, and then uh, Alice gets to her secret, and I I think this was FP sort of supposed to be helping her out by being like, here, just tell this thing mm-hmm. about some dumpster fire you set. Except he didn't know about her pregnancy at that point, so... Maybe he just suspected. Maybe he knew she had done a lot worse. Not really sure where that was going, but she gets mad and basically outs him as being a South Side yeah. dweller. She's like, you tell them you live in a double wide. Yeah, it's... It we, don't need to shame, really we don't there. need to shame people for living in a double wide. 
No, I think it was just him trying to, I'm not, again, I'm not sure how the most popular kid in school, supposedly, or like a jock, no one actually knows where he lives. It's kind of like, it gave me flashes back of uh, the Cheetah Girls, where they don't know that the one girl lives like in the uh, superintendent's building of the apartment, and they think that she lives inside the classy apartments. Well, um, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like someone who has that little air of mystery. It makes them seem that much cooler. There's definitely that. I mean, his tired, tired eyes and his slicked back hair. (laughs) I was fine with it. It's the return of Thirsty Mary. (laughs) No, I mean, the thing that bothered me is Cole Sprouse. I mean, he's a he's a trim dude and him trying to look like all of his clothes just looked insanely big on him in this whole episode. Yeah, if I was going to pick any sport for Cole Sprouse to be playing, it would probably be, like, badminton. Like, it's not football. <laughs> no, he could be a runner. I mean... Oh, yeah, he could be on, like, the track team. Yeah, you know. Or, or like, cr- like, that. cross-country. I, I don't know. And then again, look, while KJ Appa is buff, he's not, like, football player buff. Maybe well, for he, high school. He's, like, a maybe, like, quarterback buff. That's true. I don't know if we ever actually found out. We've talked about how there's not actually that much football in this show, so it doesn't really matter. And thank God for it. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so FP, yeah, his dad is, I don't know if his dad was king of the serpents or just a a serpent guy, but apparently he's also a drunk and uh, beats his son. So that's real great. Yeah, and so that made me feel so bad for FP, and then I was like, oh, and he never did hit Jughead. That's growth. Right. Unlike Penelope, who became worse than her parents, mm-hmm. uh, you know, FP is coming around. Coming around. So that's good. And then Penelope and Hermione get in a fight. I don't. I honestly wasn't even tracking why they got in a fight or what happened there, but they get in a fight. <laughs> but they were both really rude about it. Like, really rude. Like, we don't have to call out, like, the weird orphanage stuff. We don't have to call out what someone's parents do. Like... Can we just try to keep it civil, please? No. Instead, they get four more detentions. So they come back for more detentions, and there's a quick little montage of them becoming cute. And uh, Alice carves all their initials into the windowsill, and they start sitting closer together and sharing food, and it's adorable. Yeah, I just... Are you? Am I supposed to believe that nobody else got detention during this period of time? I don't understand. <laughs> nobody had. Nobody was bad enough to have Saturday detention, even though none of these kids did anything particularly bad. And yet again, they're all getting in trouble for like two people fighting. Yeah. Because in the beginning, two people were fighting, and somehow Hermione and Josie, whatever her name is, oh my gosh, and Sierra, pen- yeah, somehow they got dragged in too. So I, don't. I guess uh, I guess Penelope is just getting in all the fights. Apparently, if you're just at a fight, that's enough. That's Saturday detention. Yeah. So Hermione breaks into a teacher's desk and they find the game and they start playing the game. And at first, it's real normal. They're just playing. Uh, they all pick characters. Um, sorry. Cute. Side note: You missed a close but no cigar. Oh, right. I did note this one down. So I had to listen twice to figure out what they said. But game lad. Game lad. <laughs> game lad. Um, the fact that Hermione had a game lad, also funny. Don't know why that wasn't, like, 
Fred would have made a little more sense. Well, and also the thing, too, where she's described as coming from a lower income family and not being able to afford anything. And I'm like, okay, well, like, where'd the game lad come from? There's no, (laughs) there's no way that was cheap. Like, I'm picturing her mom, like, picking up extra shifts, like, cleaning more places to buy her this game lad. Then it gets confiscated. Her mom was probably so mad. I think I like Game Lad better than Game Boy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Game Boy doesn't actually make any sense, but Game Lad kind of does. Well, and (laughs) I've been watching a lot of uh, UK reality TV, and so a lot of the people talk about being just one of the lads, and it really, uh, it just brings me, the word lad is great. Oh, I enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) So... They they start playing. They start playing the game. They all become characters. It doesn't matter. Uh, no. And there were so many characters. Like, why was yeah. Jughead only given three <laughs> options when there's, like, 17 characters? And, yeah, and none of those options, except for the, the Radiant Knight, that was the only one that was even one of Jughead's options. Where was the Arcane Invoker? Yeah, yeah, and that, the hell something. I don't know. I'm surprised I, I remembered the word invoker. I don't remember what it was. Whatever yeah. Jughead was. Those weren't options. It's it's Dead Eye and something else. Yeah. No, they're only two boys, so those are the only, only ones we got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go on this quest called the Wedding Stone Quest, and uh, they get split up into just really weird pairs. So we have FP and Hermione. Now, FP and Hermione, they find this gem thing in the vending machine. Yeah, so... Uh, how did it get in the vending machine? Is this part of the supernatural? Don't worry like, about it. Look, as far as I can tell, this is the first day they're playing the game. I could be wrong. Maybe it's not. Or no, I think at some point they said they wanted to start playing the game in the halls. So maybe it's like week two of playing the game. Mm-hmm. But Penelope, as game master, somehow gets a gem, hides it, and then says, oh, do we want to do this quest? And... I'm really curious. Like, what if they said no? Is she going to just be like, okay, and then after school, go go take the, after detention, go take the gem out of the And, out like, of the did, thing. is she going to have to pay to get it out because she doesn't have anyone else to Probably. help her, like, break the, the vending machine? I don't, I just, I, don't know. I feel like the people who are writing Riverdale, they may have never played any kind of role-play game before. <laughs> I, like, not. not to be rude, but... There's also, there's so many rules. It would have taken them at least one whole detention just to read through all the rules of the game. There's no way they read through the rules of the game. <laughs> no way. Like, um, so, did you think FP was going to go in and kiss Hermione? Or did you think he was just getting real close to express his love for Alice? I thought he was going to kiss her. And I was so uncomfortable. I just was like, why can we not have the actors who actually have chemistry be together? Why are we separating them? I don't know. Um, <laughs> apparently for chaos, but whatever. So that, that was kind of weird. And then we have the Fred and Alice, which makes a little bit more sense when you think about, like, Betty and Archie. At least we're friends. And they have a really yeah. cute touching moment, kind of. Except she she talks about how she's sad and lost and wants to escape her life. And it's really sad. Um, she doesn't tell him that she's pregnant. And as far as I know, Fred Andrews never got any of that information about yeah. that. So who knows? Um, and then uh, Sir Frederick you know, talks about how he has a sick dad, and it's really sad, and sometimes he wishes he didn't have a sick dad. Uh, It's it's really sad. We don't know what his dad is sick 
of. We also don't know anything about his mom. Yeah. Assume she's out of the picture. I mean, I feel like any time a show talks about someone being sick and they don't specify the sickness, it tends to be cancer. Probably. Um, That would be my guess. But, and, like, that's super relatable. Like, my mom had cancer and it was, like, it's not easy. Um, But, like, the way, I don't know, that whole conversation, I was just, like, kind of checked out. Yeah. It was, it was cute to see them bonding, but then they kiss, uh, so that was weird. Yeah, it felt like they yeah. were, like, that they had so little time to show us the parents that they were just trying to shoehorn every possible thing into this episode so that we can be like, cool, we're done with that. We never have to see the parents again. And I think it just would have been more fun if they had peppered different flashbacks throughout the season rather than doing it the way they did. Yeah. Also, poor, uh, poor Sierra doesn't get to go out on a little quest, so... She probably kind of found Tim or whatever and was like, Tom. Tom. It was like, Tim. hey, let's make out. <laughs> oh, let's hope. Let's hope something like that happens. Hey, I was close, okay. Yeah, we've been real close, Mr. Uh, Featherweather yeah, or whatever we said earlier. That was earlier. like close, but no cigars. <laughs> so then they keep playing for a couple more weeks and they start dressing up. And uh, then out of nowhere, they discover that, um, or out of nowhere, FP and Alice and then Hermione and Fred just start making out. So. Like, Alice and FP, that kind of makes sense. We'll assume they had some talk at some point and they, they're together. But Hermione and Fred literally came from nothing. We had nothing. You can't deny their chemistry, okay? <laughs> I guess. It's still weird. Still you know, weird. it's super weird. And I just, I can't say enough how much I hate when the parents are together and the we kids know. are together. And this is the same yeah. thing, only like ten times creepier. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, real Fred Andrews and Hermione, like, their chemistry wasn't even that great. Now, Phallus, we've said, is just MVP. So, we know it's fine. I just am going to need to ask you to stop saying Phallus. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> um, and then, uh, look, here's some more people who are playing this game. Oh, it's Hiram and Tommy and Mantle and Doily, because again, don't know their names, but that's okay. Not sure why Tommy is playing this game and has not talked to Sierra about it, why they're not just playing together, and Hiram is playing with all these randos, and I don't think he even goes to this school, so cool. Like, Hiram, where did you come from? I need to know. And also, why Um, are they all in costumes? Like, that's not how this works. I don't know, but I really liked how when... I didn't really look that closely, but when the four boys show up, it looks like they're all wearing pirate costumes, so I'd be down to figure out what's going on with that, because as far as I know, pirate was not one of the options. They just needed a last-minute <laughs> outfit. They had some black leggings, a long white top, and a belt, and they had to make it work. Yeah, convenient that they had all these. So then they uh, they they have this party. It's the party quest. I don't remember what the quest real name was, but it's the party. Uh, none of them set it up. And so there's, like, a weird moment when uh, the two game masters, which I guess are Doily and Penelope, are like, yeah. oh, you set it up. No, you set it up. Neither of them did. It's sketchy. We can assume that the bad guy, question it was, mark. Uh, the Gargoyle King did it. Gargoyle King. Somehow he set it up. Somehow he got all those cookies out with his little <laughs> twig hands and managed to do it. Um and uh, Hermione, of all people, again, much like with the game lad, they just needed to give Camilla Mendes some lines because yeah. she has nothing going on in this episode because it's mostly about Alice. Mm-hmm. And so they give her some lines that none of which fit, like, 
she is the one saying, oh, it's not much of a party. Since when? Since when are you a party girl, young Catholic? Not sure. (laughs) Young Catholic? (laughs) Well, and so this is where Hiram brings in drugs. Yeah, and and it should have been Mantle, because we know that Reggie deals the jingle jangle, so. So they've made a drug even less (laughs) cool than jingle jangle, and it's literally just Pop Rocks. It's it's in Pop Rocks packaging. (laughs) And, and it's it, called Fizzle Rock. Yeah, and it seems like it pops and fizzes just like a pop rock, but it's a hallucinogen, I guess. I I have no clue. But okay, so Fizzle Rocks. I I love that it sounds and tastes. I'm assuming like pop rocks. I like that. That's that's basically a close but no cigar. Where did they come up with Jingle Jangle then? Like, I mean, Jingle Jangle is pixie sticks. They could have called it, like, you know, magic wands or, like, fairy dust or something else that's kind of like pixie sticks. <laughs> they Like, there are a ton of real drugs in the world that have names that kind of go with, pi- like, pixie sticks that they could have used. But Jingle Jangle. I don't know. The, the drugs in Riverdale would you, are just... Would you rather Jingle Jangle or Fizzle Rocks? I just feel like both of those fall under the category of pills and powders, and that's a little too intense for me. Yeah, but one pops in your mouth. You're right. Fizzle. So. I would do fizzle rocks. <laughs> I would do them right now if you offered them to me. Great. But Alice doesn't take any because yeah, she's, pregnant she's pregnant, and she's a responsible mother. So they have a little impromptu concert called the, by the Fredheads, who apparently just includes... All of them minus Penelope. They're all in a drug-induced high, musician's high. It's, it's so, so weird. Ridiculous. They sing a song that I'm assuming is called Dream Warriors. It didn't sound familiar, but they said the words Dream Warriors in there, so well, I'm going with that. And then this whole scene is supposed to set the stage as like they were drug-addled, like in a craze. Nothing they were doing was all that crazy. And it wasn't related to G&G either. Here are some of the things that the bunch of random high kids do. Run through the halls flapping like a bird. Dancing on tabletops. Fred skateboarding down the hallway. <laughs> Mantle, again, don't know what his name is, so I'm just going to keep calling him Mantle. Who is Looking he? In a, at a light bulb inside <laughs> of a, a lamp. Um, everyone seems to be a little insane. Uh, yeah. Except for Alice, who apparently wasn't drinking. Um Drinking? I don't know why I wrote drinking that Drinking and drugs. They <laughs> wasn't drinking drugs. I don't think anyone was drinking. Hey, um, you don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know if they were if they had anything. But so she she goes to throw up, um, which may or may not be because everyone's going crazy or may or may not be pregnancy. Let's let's assume it's pregnancy. We'll see. And uh, she finds she finds the coin and the chalices. And uh, yeah. What'd you think of the graffiti on the bathroom? That was a little creepy. Um, that was so, that was scarier than any movie about a nun I've ever seen, okay? Yeah, it was real creepy. <laughs> it was, I just, I don't, I, I, I also, okay, sorry, I just stuttered for like 10 minutes. <laughs> so these kids, t- it took them weeks and weeks and weeks of playing griffins and gargoyles to get to the point where there would be a chalice. However, none of them actually set up the chalice and like, got into this whole poison mixed drink situation. Jughead also gets to the point of the mixed drink within get within a day. So what is with all these lazy Griffins and Gargoyles players where it takes them weeks and weeks and weeks to get to that it's, point? It doesn't make any is, sense. This is like version one of the game, but 
they're probably playing like version two or three in the normal days, and it's a little more escalated. Of yeah, no, but even like Dilton and friggin' Benjamin Button, it took them weeks as well. They didn't do it in a single afternoon. <laughs> I so- forgot his name was Benjamin Button. <laughs> I will never forget that his name is Benjamin Button, and I'm really someone. Look, someone tweet at me what Mantle's first name is. Reggie's dad. I just assume it's Reggie (laughs) Senior. Reggie Senior, and I hope it's as good as Benjamin Button, but I don't know what it could be. What's a Mantle's on a fireplace? What if his first name is just like fireplace? Stone Stone Mantle. (laughs) Stone Mantle. Wooden mantle. Honestly, okay people should just tweet their ideas for what they think Reggie's dad should be named. Yeah, give me that, because until then, I'm going to refer to him as Mantle. And I, I, I don't know if they even ever said it. They probably did in the, like, striptease. Striptease? What were they doing streaking in the streaking scene? <laughs> Same thing. Whatever. Have I've, you ever been streaking? No, I've never been streaking. Here's the thing about me. I'm a rule Do they follower. Not streak in Canada. It's okay. It's really cold here. You think anyone <laughs> wants to take off their clothes? I'm like, can I put more clothes on? Thank you. I wasn't sure if this was one of those things that I'd have to explain. Maybe it's only a an American thing. <laughs> oh yeah, Stre- sorry, streaking. What uh, what is that? I've never heard of it. Well, it's kind of like a strip tease, but real quick. <laughs> No, actually, I had um, a stalker in high school. Oh, great. And they, on their last day of school before they moved away, which thank God they moved away, he streaked through the cafeteria. And it was um, the second last time I ever saw him. So I have not fond memories. The last time I saw him was when he came to my work and was like, see you around sometime. And uh, Hmm. I've never seen him. He might have seen me. I don't know. Well, streaking, the, the, um, this is not exactly streaking, but the boys on my cross-country team in high school, oh, no. the, the girls and boys would practice together, and but we were on this farm, so it wasn't anywhere near school. Wait, the, f- the you were at the farm? <laughs> at the farm, you're right. <laughs> Edgar Everett Everest Farm, right. That's where we had cross-country practice. But the boys here, they used to do this thing, and it was called, like, fight day, where excuse (laughs) me yeah it's like one of the last practices of the year and they would all go out and just like grab sticks and just like hit each other with sticks and run around and chase each other through this like field and woods and all this and the girls we'd just be doing our normal run Mm -hmm. like you do yeah because you're good people right but like shooting out in front of you across the path would be these boys who were all naked hitting each other with sticks. Oh, yeah, because they were naked. Not sure why. Um, it got it got shut down, I think, my junior year. But it was a thing for a while, a weird tradition. That <laughs> but why do they need to be naked to fight with sticks? Not all of them were, but there would be a group of, like, ten of them who were. And, uh, pale. Yeah, because you're from That's the more- northern states, right? <laughs> Um, I don't think Virginia counts as a northern state. I think it's a technically a southern state if we're going way back I don't to, like, know. Civil War times. I don't know why I didn't realize you're in Virginia. Because I know <laughs> yeah, you still... central. You still live there, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but, but, um, never mind. We have, we have the weather, so it's chilly. And, uh, anyway. Um... But yeah, that's that's my most uh, experiences with streaking. I, I did skinny dipping once, like in an ocean, but that's about it. I feel like that 
that's more it's not normal. Really the same thing. Like I feel yeah. like that's more of like a, oh yeah, people are going to skinny dip. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that really counts. The stri- but- streaking, I don't get. Like I feel like when you run, it's like like I can't imagine running without a sports bra. Like no, I don't. Everything's no stuff I don't moves need to be that way loose. too much. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Alice sees the gargoyle king in the hall. We're just jumping right back into yeah. the episode. I mean, um, what else are we here for? <laughs> right, because she doesn't drink out of the chalices because she's a normal person. Unlike Jughead, um, well, and, and uh, to be fair, it's less understandable for Jughead to drink when he knows there's a risk. She doesn't know there's poison. She's just like, "There's scary graffiti, and it's dark. Get me out of here." Yeah, and so she goes outside and sees the principal come in, and then that's it. And here's the most infuriating thing: is that like the next day at school, she doesn't see anyone. Mm-hmm. We have no answer for that but then she sees Hermione later and she asks Hermione what happened and Hermione's like oh don't you know you know Fred's dad died what this is not explaining anything we still have no clue what happened mm-hmm. with all those kids in school did they run away yeah. did they like we have no answer for that um I'm assuming they all just left school when the principal came and ran away and didn't drink from any chalices or anything no idea. Well, and the other thing, too, is Alice is like, I left school, and then I tried to call the Midnight Club, like, over and over and over. And I'm like, they didn't have cell phones. Like, you knew well, they were at the school. How are you supposed to get a hold of them? I don't know. Maybe she tried calling their, their landline. Yeah, and I'm home. sure their parents were thrilled about that. I don't like, know. It just, I was like, who are you calling? Like, what's happening? Yeah, and then Hermione says, oh, FP was supposed to tell you what happened. Well, then why wasn't he answering his, his landline? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Why didn't FP respond to her page, okay? Also, doesn't she live... I'm assuming she lives... Maybe not in the trailer park, but she lives on the south side, so she probably could have gone over and just asked him. She knows where he lives. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh, you I- know, the principal's missing, and they all freak out, so they destroy the game. Yep. Good for them. Um, well, okay, but then- also, when they destroy the game, they could have just thrown it all in a fire pit or thrown it all in the water why do they have to separate all the different people like what do they think is gonna happen like i'm gonna get rid of the dice why why do you need to get rid of the dice no get rid of the dice yeah i don't know so they they you know throw some in the river they burn some then they do one of those little spit shake things where they agree to never talk about it again that creeped me out i would like for us to agree to never talk about those spit handshakes ever again Yeah, let's do that. What do you prefer, a spit handshake or the the Blood Brothers thing that that Hiram and Archie did last season? Um, although they didn't they didn't like cut themselves and shake hands. They just like put their hands on a piece of paper or something and then burned it. I don't know. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, I prefer whichever one has the least amount of bodily fluids mixing from people. Yeah, that's my I'd preference probably, for probably a promise. Stay away from, probably stay away from both. Just pinky promise next time. Don't know what's wrong with that. It's a classic. Yeah. Let's bring that back. <laughs> and uh, then uh, the principal shows up and he's dead and he's got blue lips. I feel so. like he shows up. No, he's, <laughs> he's, he's so he's been in like a broom closet for what seems to be weeks based it's on the number the of. the same closet that Jughead was living in. Back in season one, which is real creepy. I really <laughs> forgot that Jug had lived in a closet. Um, <laughs> like Harry Potter. Yeah, so he's in the cupboard under the stairs, um, which I guess is not a well-used cupboard since a body could be there for what seems to be weeks and also Jughead can live there for a semester. Um, uh, like, I feel like you would notice a dead body faster than that. You would hope. 
Like, the minute you start smelling something that's kind of dead, you're like, let's get to the bottom of this and figure out what that smell is so that we can get rid of it. You don't just be like, oh, like, you know what? It'll clear up. Also, you would think that Jughead would not have been, you know, getting getting away with uh, living in there after they know that that is a place, you know, that that things show up. Apparently, just no one looks in there, ever. And th- that's, there's probably so much cool stuff that people put in there for safekeeping and then forget where they put it. It's like the, the room of requirement. Well, I mean... I, I'm sure the the stuff in there, yes, but I don't. I don't think it's it can where they trans- hide all their game lads. I don't think it can transform. <laughs> we don't know. I'm anyway. just you said room of requirement, and all I could think is when it's Dumbledore has all says he found the room with all the chamber pots. Yeah, yeah. I did some Harry Potter trivia last night. Just throwing that out there as a side note. Did you? We won. won. You win. Yeah. yeah. First yeah, place. Yeah. 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 It was real close. Me and the second place team. Um, we had to go to, like, three different tiebreakers, but it's okay. I just pulled it out. want everyone to know this is the only Riverdale recap podcast led by two Harry Potter trivia champions. Yeah. Oh, you've won two? (laughs) We went this winter, and we won, and the trivia master person was like, this is the highest trivia score I've ever seen in my life. Wow. So, uh, that's another thing. Feel free to tweet at us Harry Potter trivia questions. We don't look anything up. I'll promise to that. But it's hard to find difficult ones. So, go for it. Look at us. See if you can stump us. Um, and then, uh, back to the episode, not Harry Potter. Oh, right. Everyone goes their separate ways and everyone changes. Fred sells his guitar, starts breaking rocks, which I would say is the most, the one that makes the most sense. He had an actual yeah. traumatic event happen in his real world life that has nothing to do with griffins and gargoyles. And so he becomes a man and starts working. Kay. Good for him. But, okay, here's the thing. You're right about him. For everyone else, at the start of the episode, they're not friends. They don't know each other. Why do they all have to completely reverse who they are to still all be strangers who don't know each other? They don't. Like, (laughs) they could have just gone back to how it started. Could have, but they don't. Um, Well, okay, Hiram and Hermione get together, which I think was like... That was how it was going to be at the beginning of the episode, but then she got sidetracked with Fred for a little bit, but then she's like, can't be friends with him because we went through this weird thing with the board game. So she starts dating Hiram, and Hiram gives her a pearl necklace and is like, don't don't question where I got this. Yeah, she's like, where'd this come from? And he's like, "Mm, don't worry about it, hun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's creepy. Um, Sierra and Tom make a pact to get back together when they're older. So again, I'm shipping them now. Please inform your wife, Tommy, but other than that, I'm down with it. Sounds good to me. Um, also, uh, the Sierra slash Josie actress, her hair was all straightened at the end of the episode, which looks a lot more like Mayor McCoy. Felt like they should have done that the whole episode. Not what, Not sure why that wasn't a thing the whole episode. Yeah, it, it was more in line with how she looks as the mayor. So it would Yeah, unless that was like a transition. Yeah, that's how she changed. She went from being the political activist to the person who's going to go be on the inside. So she changed her hair to fit into the system that she once hated. Yeah, makes sense. They just needed her to change. Um, (laughs) Penelope decides to be with her son, Jason. It's weird. Her son. Um, (laughs) FP. FP is probably the saddest. He becomes the gang member and starts drinking. Um... That one, That's really heartbreaking. That bummed me right out. Yeah, it really, it really does. Because he was going to be the first Jones to go to college and get away. And the part that's the most sad of this is the fact that 
you know, he didn't want Jughead to be in the gang either. Mm-hmm. And then Jughead is in the gang. And, you know, I I guess that's not to say that Jughead can't still go to college. I mean, he needs to survive next episode. He needs to, in order for that to actually spend some time in school, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. Have they I, written the SATs? At what point do you write the SATs? <laughs> Um, I, junior year, usually, but it could be, like, more like the end of junior year. You could do it whenever, sometime okay, junior, so what, early senior year. So what you're telling me is all these kids are playing Griffins and Gargoyles when they should be studying for the SATs. Yeah, but remember back in season one when they were apparently all studying for the SATs, at least according to Alice? Um, so maybe they just got that done with their sophomore year, even though they don't know anything. I just, there's, somebody needs to talk to this town and... Like, figure it out. They just should all leave. They should just leave. But where are they going to go? They have no life skills. They only have Riverdale skills. (laughs) I don't know. Go to Chicago. It seems safer there. Oh, God. Um, And then we already said Alice starts dating Hal and uh, gives up the gang for her life of lies, which... I also love how she's like, yeah, I'm probably two months pregnant at this point, but I'm going to crop top. Uh, you know what? Look, you do you. I just, if you're but trying to hide the pregnancy, I just don't think that's the right way to hide it. I, but I don't she have... was wearing a high-waisted skirt, so it's fine. Yeah, I guess. Okay, fine, whatever. It was, it was the... It what? was a good... I can't imagine that you were allowed to wear that to school in the 90s. Dress codes are crazy. Was it the 90s? Was it the 80s? I have, I have like, she lost said, all sense of time. She talked about how it's everything smelled like teen spirit, so I assumed it was the 90s. Like, early 90s. That would only make sense if the show is set in the future. So, I don't know. Um, well, no. If they were, like, if they graduated high school in, like, 1994, and then the show is set now, which is 23 years later. Then the kids would all be 12, they, and they would have graduated yeah. high school and immediately had kids? Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's one of those, like, Harry Potter things where you realize that everyone had kids so young. Yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day, about how young Harry's parents were. Anyway. Oh, okay, moving on. So <laughs> they jump back to the present time. Yeah. Because there were like five minutes left of the episode, so they needed to go back there. Yeah. Um, they, they still don't know who killed the principal. There's a really pointless back and forth conversation between Alice and Betty where she's yep. like, Betty, don't investigate. And Betty's like, Mom, you know me. I'm, I'm going to investigate. She's like, All I do Duh. is investigate murders and have sex with Jughead, and Jughead's busy right now. Yeah. And. So where is uh, so Betty goes and she she looks she she looks for evidence of the story her mom told I don't know yeah. so she finds the names all carved into the window which mm-hmm. cool and then she uh, she finds the random G and G chalices in yeah. the trophy case not sure how long they've been there like but... at what point was someone like hmm I wonder what that trophy's from like... never apparently they're like oh that's the uh, it's the gargoyle trophy of course <laughs> um, and then she she goes to find Jughead. Down in the uh, down in the chamber of secrets, and I thought that when they went down there, I really thought she was gonna turn around and it was just gonna be the gargoyle king in there. I was really expecting that, um, which I'm not sure if that would have been scary or not. It, like it would, or, or if it's just like a table with the two chalices and has all that graffiti all over the place. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, she has been not getting to Bang City with just uh, Jughead recently because she goes down and he's um he's almost at level three. So, 
apparently they've been playing in secret for a while. Well, and the most traumatic part about this that you did not mention is she calls him Jugsy or Juggy. What? Did, like she's like, hey, Juggy. I was like, we, you know what? We don't call him that. We do in fan fiction world. Let me tell no. you. <laughs> All they do is call him Juggy, which I actually, I don't mind Juggy. That's okay. I don't like it when they call her Bets, which I'm sure is a thing, but they've only done that in the show like twice, so. Um, here's a, th- <sighs> a thought. All of these nicknames are horrifying. Can we just call them by their real names? How about let's just start calling him FP? I mean, you know what? If that's going to make you happy, then we can. It might make me happy. <laughs> so Jughead is like actually insane. Yeah. He's playing with uh, his his... His friends, Sweet Pea, Tony, Cheryl, and probably Fangs. I don't know. We got the back of someone else's head, but who else do we know from the serpents? No one. No, Joaquin's in prison, so. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, he's playing with them, and they're all wearing their serpent gang, and, and he is he's going crazy. And um, uh, I'm looking at this table, and in my mind I'm going, wait a second, where's like, uh, where's like Archie? Shouldn't he be playing? Completely forgot about Archie this entire episode. Oh, forgot right. he was Archie's in prison. in jail. I wonder how the fight club's going. I don't know. Maybe we'll go back to that next episode. Uh, um, we definitely will. Did you see the preview? Right. So <laughs> I guess we can talk about the preview. I did watch the preview because I was I was nervous for Jughead and I wanted to make sure that he was going to be okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't make me feel like he was going to be any better based no. on the preview, but... Um, most of the preview is actually, like you were alluding to, about the, uh, the prison stuff. And, uh, it looks like Archie's gonna kiss a boy. Yeah, I, I tried to slow that down. I'm pretty sure it's Joaquin. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, like, 99% sure that's Joaquin. Yeah, but it was really hard to tell, because at first I was like, is this Veronica? Because they just had dark hair at first, I couldn't tell who it was, and I was like, is it Jughead? I don't know, it was very confusing. No, Veronica's only in the preview in her blonde wig. Right, so Monica Posh, the return of Monica Posh is back. Long awaited. Um, or whatever we called her. The return of, um, what was it, Heather Motel? I don't remember what her name uh, was. Whatever, it doesn't whatever matter. Whatever it was. She's back, so that's great. Um, but yeah, so so I'm I'm excited for, for next episode. This wasn't exactly what I was expecting of the, of the no. parents' flashback episode. I, I think I was... I was hoping we would get more, more than just detention. Yeah, I was hoping for that, and I, I do think after having watched it, I wish they had just peppered parent flashbacks throughout the whole season, and then kind of the season could follow, like, along a similar storyline to what the parents went through, and then I think that would have been a little bit more entertaining, but I'm guessing that the Griffins and Gargoyles plot is going to be wrapped up in, like, two more episodes, so they couldn't actually do that. So, for predictions, do you think, first off, do you think we're going to get any more flashbacks? Maybe maybe not a whole episode, but any more of these parent flashbacks? If we don't, I'm going to be really upset. I would like to see more. I could see it. I could see it happening. I, I would really like a flashback of Alice and Hal. And I don't think we're going to get that just because Hal's not in the show anymore. And I don't think we're going to get it unless it's in reference to something going on with Alice and FP or unless Charles actually comes into the show and is not dead, which, you know, I I believe anything. I don't understand why you want to see Hal. I don't want to see Hal. I just want more information. Mm. I just want, I want, here's why. Because I don't like the allusion to Alice and FP two seasons and then all of a sudden boom they're just together and we didn't get any of that so i at least then want to see more of that from the past 
Because right now, I don't know how they got from, like, we we had a really brief fling in, you know, our junior year, and then all of a sudden they're together again now. It just seems like in Riverdale, there's one reason and one reason only to end up in a relationship with someone, which could, I guess, be broken down into two reasons. One reason, you're hot. Reason two, you're in the same room. Reason three, your kids are together. <laughs> or your parents are together. No. it's That's too much. We have to stop okay. with that. So, okay. In, uh, in terms of other predictions, though, um, do you think that it's going to be shown that one of those kids – was was the one doing all this evil stuff? Like, do you think it's a person who is making this Griffins and Gargoyles game happen, mm-hmm. or do you think it's just magical Gargoyle King stuff? I think it has to be magical. Like, there's it just doesn't make sense if there's no magic. Yeah, I mean, it, unless our other options are Hiram somehow did it. Don't mm-hmm. really believe that. Um, no, Reggie Mantle's dad. Don't even know his name, so I wouldn't care if it was him. Did they hallucinate at all because they were on, um, whatever the hell those... Fake Jingle Jangle? The, what, uh, what, fizzle Rocks? Fizzle Rocks? Yes. <laughs> at least they could have been called, like, Fizzy Rocks. That would have been more fun. Well, I just feel yeah. like... I don't know. It, they just need to come up with better drug names in Riverdale. Yeah, they do. So, the thing that I'm most annoyed about from this episode is that Jughead did a 180 in personality that doesn't make any sense yeah he went from oh i hate this game let's you know investigate it to try to fix it to i'm now going to lie to my girlfriend and secretly play this with you know the serpents so the only answer i can come up to from that is that when he drank from the chalice from last episode or when he was you know actually playing the game originally since he has already started he's like in too deep and it's affected him and that is why he's doing it yeah, um, it and has not that to he's be. just, you know, was overcome. Because I don't think that he would have been. I don't think that he would have just lied to Betty and Well, done it and anyway. we saw how over, like, how into it people got when they spent weeks and weeks and weeks playing this game. Jughead played more of that game in one afternoon than anybody has ever played right. in one setting. So I feel like it makes sense for him to be drawn in so much. Yeah. So hopefully we get some reasoning behind that uh, next episode. See how it goes. I could care less about what's happening with uh, Hermione visiting Archie, but I'm sure we'll get some of that. Veronica is her name. What? You know what? (laughs) This episode, it it already took me long enough when I was taking these notes to figure out, like, what these parents' names were and who was who, and it's just very confusing. I just... I just like any opportunity where I'm the person who knows what's going on because that's just typically not the case and it makes me feel really good. Like, is this how good you feel all of the time? Generally, okay. but it's a lot It's a lot of information to hold in. So. so usually we mention this at the beginning, but the title of this episode, while an obvious, 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 whatever, an obvious, obvious, <laughs> obvious allusion to the Breakfast Club, but spoopier. Um, it's also, The Midnight Club is also the names of a James Patterson novel about a psychopathic killer. So, hashtag Gargoyle King, am I right? Yeah, it's honestly, it, it adds up. It does. And uh, the the new characters we got in this episode, Miss Crabapple, the teacher from The Simpsons. Um, and there was a Simpsons Archie crossover episode. 
So I'm going to count that as an Archie reference. Oh, definitely. We didn't even see her. We just heard her name. It was was the teacher of the classroom where they found uh, the the game lad. And uh, like we said, Principal Featherhead. um, Tweet at us if you know if he has any significance in terms of his name or not. Because I didn't look it up. So... That's yeah. what we have for this week. We, we've given you lots of reasons to reach out to us. Yeah, honestly, just if you missed us last week, say something. If you, you wanna, didn't you miss us, say, say something nice anyways. Yeah, yeah, feel free. Feel free to also give us some ratings on, on uh, iTunes if you're so inclined, um, but only if they're going to be good. <laughs> yeah, only, okay, you know what, you can say whatever mean thing you want to say, but you have to give a five-star rating while you give it. It's a compliment sandwich, okay? Right, right. We'll take criticism, but don't bring down the average. <laughs> yeah, get, come on, guys. Five-star ratings. Yeah, well, okay. I think that's pretty much it for this um, this giggly episode of this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back for episode five next week. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that there's going to be an episode five next week. And, uh, when Here's me we'll texting you next Wednesday. Hey, there's no episode. You've got time for Archie. Yeah, I do. Um, Archie, that's the name of the show. <laughs> Whatever. Um, until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary. You can follow Kirsten at Kirsten said what? Is that right? That was right. Look <laughs> oh, at you. great. I'm glad. Got it. Got it. I always mix you and uh, Nicole Sesternino up because hers is similar, kind of. I'm so upset that I didn't come up with that Twitter handle. Like, there's no reason <laughs> for me to have not come up with that Twitter handle for her. But it yeah, wasn't it me. It was close. So... You can also tweet at the Kowski cast, the Twitter if you want to. That's cow with a K. Kowskicast.com is also our website. If you are more of a website person, you can leave comments there instead of tweeting. You don't need to have a Twitter. It's fine. You don't need to have a Twitter to leave iTunes reviews either. Yeah. In case, fun fact. Um, and, uh, and you can also check out the Revenge podcast that we have over there that is um, in hiatus. But look, there are 12 episodes, and if you haven't seen Revenge, go ahead and watch that, because it's silly in all the same ways that Riverdale is, but classier at the same time, and with probably an equal amount of murder. Probably so, more. Probably more. Probably more murder. <laughs> Check it out. It's a good time. Um, that's that's it for this week, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. We'll, we'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> just am gonna need to ask you to stop saying phallus well it's kind of like a strip tease but real quick <laughs>